welcome to another episode of walkie talkie i am once again not actually walking i swear if i can find a place where i can walk all by myself i think that would be just wonderful but um i might need to change the name of this podcast but anyway today i want to talk about how i want to be unique and how i've come to realize a couple things about that so i think at some point i thought that it was bad to want to be unique um like there was something sort of inherently narcissistic and wrong about that and then i realized that when i talk about wanting to be unique i actually have two different definitions in my mind and then i switch them around and in one sense i think that is bad and the other sense is just like um I mean, it makes sense. So I think the first definition is uniqueness as a singularity, as in there's no other identical copy of this person or thing. And I mean, in that sense, I think it is definitely narcissistic to think that there's nobody like you and but everybody else is the same you know what i mean like you're the only person who's unique but everybody else is an identical copy i mean i think that's just not true obviously everybody's different but the second definition is just being different from the average um so not treating everybody as one entity but just the averages between those people and there's a difference between the first definition and the second definition, right? So in the first definition, I guess people could say, well, everybody's unique. But in the second definition, only people who are outliers can be unique. Um, And that's what I mean when I say I want to be unique. I just mean I want to be an outlier. I don't want to be like the single most like you know, my DNA is like so significantly, I don't mean it like that. I just mean I want to be different than the average. And I think the reason why I want to be different than the average is not because I want to be spectacular. Um, It also doesn't mean I want to be like disturbing, you know, just to get your attention. But I think it's because I'm quite critical of my society. And when I look around me, I just go, the average of what this is is not what I want to aspire to like it's not something I agree with and if there were a society where people had the qualities that I liked I would have no problem with not being unique but it's just I don't live in a society like that um and I think that when I say I'm critical I think some people have called me judgy and I have kind of a problem with that term because it's never used anymore anyway in a neutral sense right it's always bad judgy is bad like you're a judgy person it's almost like you're being judged for being judgy which feels kind of a tad hypocritical right a tad ironic um and the thing about judgy is that we all make judgments all the time whether it's a positive or a negative judgment 
you can look at somebody and go, wow, you are such a nice person. I love you so much. And that's a judgment too. It's just a positive judgment. But what we mean, I guess, when people say that you're judgy is that you're criticizing them and they have a problem with that or you're criticizing somebody else. And I don't think that that's fair to say that people can't judge. And sometimes, or often, I think judgy is kind of like synonymous with being closed-minded. Like a lot of people say um, that Christian people can be very judgy in the sense that they think that they're morally superior to you and they're kind of condemning you and looking down on you. But I honestly think that if these are their values and if they value certain things and you're not on that criteria list of what it means to be what they think a good person I actually don't think there's anything wrong with them not being a fan of you and I don't think that you should expect them to be a fan of you now it's one thing to judge privately and silently it's another thing to actually go out and cause people harm right so I feel like if people are actually going out and causing people harm that's not a problem of judginess that's just being an authoritarian like it's like being a dictator it's limiting other people's freedom so I think there's a difference between judging and acting and I feel like the the real problem with judginess is three things it's when you're being mean or a hypocrite or when you're just wrong like when it comes to like, I mean, factually wrong. When it comes to, like, Christian people thinking that they're morally superior, um, if they truly believe that, I don't know what they believe, but if they truly believe that, like, having sex before marriage is morally incorrect and they see people doing that and they, they're not doing that, then, of course, they would think that they're morally superior to you. And I think that's fine for them to think. <laughs> Like, I think people have a right to believe in things and to value things. And we shouldn't judge them for having those things because we all have those things. But anyway, when it comes to those three things that I feel like are actually negative when it comes to being judgy, I mean, being mean is just like, I, I think that like getting in people's ways, like telling gay people they can't get married, I think that's mean, right? But if you're not affecting anybody negatively, I don't think that's mean, right? And also, um, in terms of being wrong, like factually wrong, I think you can be factually wrong even when you make a positive judgment. You can think that somebody's fucking awesome and great because you think that they're such a humanitarian. I don't know why that came up, but... Or you can think that, you know, they're so disciplined and sporty, but it actually turns out they just have really nice genes and they're really not that disciplined and, you know, whatever. Like, you can be wrong, whether it's a good judgment or a bad judgment. Like, being wrong is okay. We all make mistakes and there's a lot of things that we believe that are not true. And it's a process of trying to find out what about our beliefs um, are just factually incorrect, but I don't think we'll ever get to a point where everything we believe is 100% without flaw. I mean, we don't even have proper recognition of our own memories 
of what happened to us not even in the long term only like also in the short term like what happened just literally three seconds ago we can have delusions about that as well so I mean, I think being wrong is actually kind of okay, but I feel like what's not okay in terms of being judgy is being a hypocrite, right? Like, kind of saying like, oh, that person is this way, and you kind of condemn it a little bit, but then you're exactly the same way, um, and so I try to not be a hypocrite, and like, I'm very critical, so it's like, there's a lot of things that I'm trying to make sure that I'm not guilty of. Uh, not so that I can be, like, righteous and say, now I can judge you, but just because these these are my values that I don't want to violate, you know what I mean? Like, I have a certain sense of, I don't know, like, what's important to me, and I don't believe that people on average are completely living in ways i don't know like living lifestyles or i don't think they're like frames of thinking are necessarily the healthiest for them even and that's the thing where i feel like i'm kind of critical on like i think i look out into the world and i think you know the things that people are doing are not really good for them and i don't want to do those things to myself um, I want to go into detail about the things that I see that I want to be different from. So the, one of the first things is self-deprecation. Um, and I feel like some of, my, some of my other points kind of go back to this. And what I mean by self-deprecation is like when people make jokes about them needing alcohol or needing caffeine, right? Uh, needing alcohol to get through this stupid boring i don't know dinner party that they didn't want to go to needing caffeine to deal with your boss needing you know like those kinds of jokes that i don't think are really that funny like that's kind of sad like if that's how you feel you should try to change something because it doesn't sound it doesn't sound like that hard of a problem to change first of all i mean being an alcoholic is another thing usually when people joke about that i don't think they're actually alcoholics though um but i mean if you're at a party for example and like you don't want to be there then you need to have the balls to just fucking leave and rather than like resorting to like numbing your brain to get through it um anyway i don't really care actually if people want to do that i just don't want to do that but i do think that when people do that like i don't think that they're making the healthiest choices for themselves but I'm not going to, like, get in their way, you know what I mean? Um, then, another self-deprecation thing, it's, like, not towards yourself, actually, but it's kind of, like, this bullying that people think is okay, like, calling your wife your old ball and chain, for example, or um, making jokes about how marriage is so shitty or whatever, um, and then I'm just like, why do those things then? Why did you get married if you if you think it's that terrible? Um, I've seen people joke that way and like their wives just look kind of furious. And I don't, I think there's something very unhealthy with that. And it's almost like they can't just confront it. Like they just want to be really passive about it. And it just seems kind of non-constructive and it feels like it's something that like saps away people's energy you know 
Okay, the next thing is kind of related to self-deprecation, but it's this lack of self-respect or self-control. I'm not really sure what it is. But my examples for that are TikTok and Instagram. I feel that, or like even like Snapchat or whatever, you know, I feel that this is a discussion that is going on right now, that people feel that their attention span is getting shorter and shorter. And that is sickening, right? Like, I think people really are trying to make steps to not be addicted to those platforms. But what I noticed when I was on those platforms is not only that my attention span, I don't think that I really felt anything in terms of my attention span, but I kind of felt like the time that I was spending was a waste of time because I couldn't find anything really positive on those platforms. And I guess you could say, well, there's such thing as booktube on TikTok, you know, there's also such, you know, like, sure. Okay, maybe if you have certain interests, maybe that is the thing for you. And if you're using it intentionally and you know what it's doing to you, cool. But I just feel like when I was on TikTok, when I was on Instagram, it was just a bunch of shit that I didn't want to see. And I'm, I was just like, this is actually making me really annoyed and irritated. And so I just stopped. So I guess I'm, I'm not the general like user because I think people actually get addicted and I don't think you get addicted to things that are just 100% annoying to you. You only get addicted to things that are at least a little bit kind of fun to you. Um, but I do wonder what people think they're getting out of these platforms. On the one hand, I kind of feel like TikTok, if you have a certain type of personality, like it can just show you a bunch of comedy videos. And I had it for like one day or two days. And um, I wanted to see what kind of stuff it would think that I'm into. And in the end, I think what I appreciated in the end, what, what I saw was the comedy videos. There were like two people, like one of them was called like Matt the Person or something. And the other guy, I can't remember his name, but he would make these like funny um parody videos or something where he's like very deadpan and he I think he says something like um hey besties I just want to let you know that you can be exactly who you want to be and you don't need to change yourself I mean even if you're self-destructive I don't know like just a bunch of shit like that right I'm just kind of making fun of this kind of message that is kind of popular lately or whatever but like he's actually kind of shitting on you and I thought that was kind of funny um besides that it was just so much annoying bullshit that i'm just like this is not even remotely entertaining but even to people who think it's entertaining i really wonder what they think they're getting out of it i feel like because laughter is so good for you if you're really watching these videos to laugh then that's one thing but it kind of feels like it's not mostly that for people. I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe maybe comedy is the number one reason that people are on TikTok. But, um, but anyway, I just really wonder what people think that they're getting out of it. And I feel like it's kind of an act of lack of self-control and or self-respect if they get addicted to something that is not even good for them.
Um, and that doesn't even, like, they don't even stop to question, what am I getting out of this? And they're just kind of, like, freely giving these platforms their time. Okay, the next thing is needing others' opinions of you to feel okay about yourself. Like, needing praise. Or just even needing acceptance, to be honest. Like, needing acceptance from people, not because they've done anything to prove to you that they are a good judge of character or anything like that, but just because they are other people. I feel like we have this strange narcissistic view in society, and I know this doesn't sound narcissistic to you, maybe, but, like, I think... I shouldn't say I know this doesn't sound narcissistic to you because you could totally agree with me, but I think we treat ourselves differently than we treat other people. And by that, I don't mean that we make excuses for ourselves where we're super harsh, you know, with other people. I actually mean the opposite. I mean, we're kind of hard on ourselves. Let's say I paint my nails and I think they look fucking awesome. I can't really say my nails look fucking awesome without some bitch telling me that I'm being narcissistic. But if I tell her that her nails look fucking awesome, I can do that because it's not me. So you're only allowed to make positive statements about people who are not you. And you can only ever criticize yourself. But I think that treating yourself differently than other people is a sort of narcissism. And I feel like the word narcissism comes from a very strange place. It's very ironic because the Greek god Narcissus, where the name narcissism comes from, fell in love with um, his own reflection, right? And people think that that's so narcissistic. But the thing is, he didn't know that it was himself. He thought that he was looking at somebody else. Uh, so he's two things. He's homosexual, and there's nothing wrong with that. And the other thing is, he's superficial and maybe there's something wrong with that but hey you like what you like right like if you want to be infatuated with somebody because of the way that they look i mean you feel what you feel i don't even like i don't know what to say but the fact that he didn't know that it was himself almost makes me feel like he's the least narcissistic person in this world if we all didn't have a sense of who we are and we judged ourselves the same as if we would judge anybody else, um, I think we would actually be all the better for it. We would be so fair. And for example, um, if I do something, you know, okay, one thing I can't stand is when people humble, not brag, but humble deprecate themselves. Like, um, Deprecate sounds so much like defecate, honestly, <laughs> like self-defecation, like you're literally shitting on yourself. Um, when people say that they're not really good at something, but they actually do think that they're pretty good at it. I think that's messed up. I think if you think that you're good at something, why should people be threatened or feel triggered when you say, I think I'm kind of good at this. I kind of hate that. Like... I kind of hate talking to somebody who keeps doing that where they're like, oh, no, I'm not that good at it. And not like they're actually fishing for compliments either. Like they just think it's not okay to say that they're good at something. And it's kind of insulting too because like if they're really good at something, like way better than you are, and they say they're not that good, then what do they think of you, <laughs> right? 
Um, but I just think we need to be objective in the sense that we need to treat ourselves, judge ourselves the same way that we would judge anything else, anybody else. That can be kind of hard to do. But I think we'll find that we're actually quite hard on ourselves. Like, I paint, for example, and I find that my paintings are, are good. Like, they're objectively good in the sense that I have very good technique and they look realistic. Um, and when I look at other people's paintings, I know that there are people who are better than me. I'm not the best in the world, but I also know that most people don't paint like this. Um, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with me just knowing that about myself. And if I needed people's confirmation of that, which I think they assume that I have that because... People don't just come up and tell me these things because they assume you know. Like, <laughs> this is a this is a very crazy comparison, but I'm not saying I'm like Whitney Houston level of painting, but like, you, people don't go up to Whitney Houston, I think, and go, you're a really good singer. You assume that she knows. So you compliment her on something else that you think that maybe she doesn't know about herself, right? So similarly with painting, it's like the, the one thing that I'm very sure of that I'm good at, I'm not sure that I'm good at other things but it's the one thing that I'm pretty sure I'm good at that I didn't really have to work very hard for it's what you would call a talent I guess um, that people don't actually say much about <laughs> and they compliment me on things where I'm very flattered but like I'm not sure that I'm deserving of those things where I'm pretty sure that my paintings are good and I really don't think that this is just a matter of I mean, I have eyes. Like, for example, I painted some um, tigers. Just one tiger and this one, a snow leopard. And it's like a zoomed-in um, shot, almost, of, like, their face. Like, so up close that you just see one eye and, like, half a nostril. And, like, I know that when you look at that, there's hardly a difference between that and a picture. Actually, my husband's mom thought that I was showing her the reference photo when I showed her the, the end results. So I know that factually it just looks real. And um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with me like acknowledging that. And if I needed other people to tell me all the time before I can say that, you know, I think this is pretty good. I think I'm pretty good at this. If we all needed other people for that, I think we would get into this like codependency. And I think that there is kind of this codependency between people where we need other people to tell us because we're not allowed to praise ourselves. And that's something wrong that I see in society that I want to be different from. I want to be okay with saying, I'm actually good at this. Like, and I also want to be okay, of course, with criticizing myself honestly, but we really do enough of that. Like, I don't think that that's that hard we naturally think of ways in which we don't like ourselves but i mean a lot of people don't really even see the ways that they're great <clears throat> so that's something that i feel like we need to work on or i want to work on i actually don't mind if other people don't i'm not the type of person who like wants to go and change people and whatever like who am I to tell them that the way that they're living 
is wrong for them even if it's unhealthy maybe they're they're not aiming to be healthy in life um okay the next thing is ego competition um it's this unspoken but ubiquitous race for like i don't know my daughter got into harvard did you know that or like my son um is a banker and he makes a million dollars a year like that kind of comparison or like i just bought a new car and guess what it's a rolls royce like that kind of unspoken comparison and the thing is i feel like i don't want to say like wealth is bad or you shouldn't want financial security or whatever but i think that that's not what people are bragging about i almost feel like they're saying that they're better than you because of it and not like oh hey i worked really hard for this or i'm so happy that this came out good it's not like a self-congratulatory sort of like pat on the back like good job completing my goals it's like i'm better than you for some fucking reason um and it's this race in which you feel like you're blindly competing without asking yourself first what you value and what makes you happy and maybe going to harvard is totally her thing right like let's say your daughter gets into harvard maybe she worked really hard for it and maybe if she didn't even work work hard for it but it means something to her then by all means like celebrate that but then if somebody else's kid got into like some art school and it means just as much to them i feel like that can be brought up in the same conversation and you can congratulate each other and be like oh wow nice congratulations um on you know getting what you want i feel like what's wrong with this ego competition is it's not about what you want it's about what people say that you should want and then there are these things where people are competing but to what end and if you just looked at yourself and you asked yourself this is this what i like does this even mean something to me i think that's really what matters somebody could tell me that they just started a journal um, and nobody has read it and they don't think that their writing is very good but hey it means so much to them because it helps them clear their mind and it helps them vent and it makes them feel mentally calm and they just they're so stoked about it then i would be so happy for them and if they got into i don't know what's a good school i don't know like cambridge or i don't mit and they told me they're so stoked about it because they work so hard for it and they're so excited to be doing this research i would be stoked for them but on the other hand if you're telling me oh did you know i read 50 books this year and i journaled about all of it i'm like so <laughs> what does that mean to you or like if you're like guess what i just got my phd from mit I'd be like, okay, and how do you feel about that? If you feel good about it, then like, yay, awesome. But like, that's what matters. And 
I feel that people, when they do this ego competition thing, they're not even trying to like express their happiness. I don't even know if they feel happy about it. It's almost like they're waiting to see how you feel. And if you feel shitty about yourself in comparison, then they're allowed to now feel victorious and happy about themselves. But I think that even they wouldn't really find much satisfaction in achieving that kind of result. I'm kind of changing my position a little bit so that I don't have to hunch over because my microphone is a little bit low. Okay, I think maybe you get what I mean. Like, like it's not about the ego. It's about it's about the heart. Like that sounds cheesy, but it's like it's about what you want and what things mean to you. And things are like relative. Um, like yesterday, I made a salad and it was really delicious, and that means a lot to me. And I don't know. Like, I graduated college, and like I'm thankful I did that. But like. Not that college is easier than making the salad, but like, I'm not really sure <laughs> what it means to me to like have a college degree, you know? Like, it's not, it's not that special, I guess. I mean, I really liked some of the classes that I took, so I'm grateful for that. And like, if I needed my college degree to do something that I wanted to do, Cool, but I feel like honestly a lot of the things that I want to do I don't necessarily need a degree so I don't know why I would like go around bragging about that necessarily you know okay um, and then the next thing that I just kind of differ from like society or like want to this is more of a want to like I think the ego competition thing I think I'm okay at that I'm not perfect at it Sometimes I do get kind of triggered when people have more money, even though I'm living fucking well. Like, that sounds kind of braggy. I'm sorry if that sounds braggy. But, like, I'm not actually even saying I'm rich. I'm just saying, like, I'm happy with my life. In terms of, like, financial worries, I don't think that that's the thing holding me back from happiness or anything. Like, I feel quite, quite happy, you know? So why am I jealous of people who have more money and that's something that I gotta work on um but that's a point in which I'm just like I really want to be different from people in this way and then the next thing is having the balls to say no I need to work on that okay for for example I brought this up before but it's one of my like key examples but there was all this reading that I did about like statistics about um friendship and how that's so good for your health and how not having friends is worse for you than like smoking a pack of cigarettes a day and i didn't really question what they mean by friends i guess um i think i should have questioned that but um then i just kind of automatically assumed that because i don't have a lot of friends that fuck i'm gonna contract some sort of disease and die and i got really worried about that um, but, you know what, I think that your belief system, when you want to look for something, you'll find it, because I found another study that says that you only need three friends, <laughs> and a friend, um, is just a shoulder to cry on, uh, so literally, your mom could be your friend, your dad could be your friend, your puppy can be your friend, Anybody who you feel like you can cry to and they'll comfort you is your friend. So 
and then I was like, okay, so yeah, I would, I can, I can see how if I didn't have anybody to do that with, yeah, I probably would feel a little scared <laughs> or a little lonely. But I, I also kind of feel like, hmm, it's still possible though to overcome that. I'll tell you why because. People used to think that if you ran, like, 26 miles or whatever, that you would just drop and die, right? But now people run ultra marathons. They run, like, 100 miles, like, non-fucking-stop. Non-fucking-stop! I just don't think that we can say, here is the limit of human capabilities, and beyond this point, it's impossible that anything else could function. I think it's possible that people can train a sort of mental toughness, resilience, like rigidity, not rigidity, but this like fortitude against feeling like you need other people. I really think so. I think that that we're also kind of developing that. Um, But anyway, so when, when I get overwhelmed by statistics, and I'll say this, like, I'm not usually that easily um, intimidated by what quote-unquote experts say, because you gotta look at, like, what studies have they done, what, um, how do they do those studies? I mean, a lot of research, they want to jump to, like, a juicy conclusion almost, but it's like, if you look at those conditions, and the fact that they did it in a lab, you have to question the validity and the reliability of what they're saying. But this one, it was just so robust that it was like, it was like I wasn't in on something. You know, it was kind of like everybody was saying the sky is blue, and then I'm like, fuck, I'm seeing like it's red. So I'm thinking, fuck, there's something wrong with my retinas or something. Like, um... But I think I have to trust myself because when I continue to try to make friends that didn't feel right, I just felt worse and worse. And I think we have to build this mental trust in ourselves where no matter what anybody else says, no matter if everybody tells you this, if you feel that this is not lining up with your experience, you have reason to doubt them at the very least this is kind of like our last episode about schopenhauer how i said that schopenhauer believes that we need to not just take information and believe it but really see if it resonates with our logic and our empirical experience and if not you have to trust yourself more than you trust what they're saying. And maybe that can sound kind of dangerous, like, oh, oh, like this person is gonna start developing like paranoia and like whatever. But we have to take personal responsibility for what we believe. And you know what? Science is sometimes wrong. Authorities are sometimes intentionally wrong even. So, When it comes to this friends thing, I just realized, you know, I should have had the balls to say no, fuck these statistics. 
And you know what? Maybe fuck my interpretation of these statistics too, because I kind of assumed that I knew what they meant by friendship. And I realized that friendship is kind of like the word unique, except for it's even more ambiguous in that people really mean different things when they say friends. Uh, like Dunbar came up with this famous Dunbar number of 150, and he said that this is the amount of friends we can have. And I'm just like, I don't have, I don't even know 150 people. But when I listened to the audiobook, I think he said something rough around, around the lines of a radio show host that you don't know personally can also be one of those people in those numbers because, you know, they, you consider them important or whatever and they make you happy or whatever, so... If that's a friend, I have so many. <laughs> I I really like listening to this podcast right now called uh, Mindscape. Or is it Mindscaping? I don't know. It's just like this blue um, album art, whatever. It's not album art, but uh, I don't know. I don't remember the name. I just listen to the episodes. I don't <laughs> know the name. Um... And it's by, I think his name is Sean Farrell. I don't even know his name that well. But he interviews people. And I love the way that he thinks. Because he he questions things. And he's such a good listener. And he's asking intelligent questions. Um, and it seems like that he really did his research too. He's not like, hey, so tell me all about this thing. Tell, tell us what it is. It's like he kind of knows about it. And he, he interviews, like, scientists and philosophers, and um, he just gets into very juicy, delicious conversations with them. And I think his podcast is really about asking questions more than saying, I know all the answers. And I like that very much. I think that asking questions is kind of this thing that we think we think we know what it is but we don't really realize how important it is to ask questions and I don't mean to ask questions as in like challenge the status quo but literally just ask questions so that you can try to know what you think about things and to develop some some sort of thought about things anyway so he's wonderful um but yeah I should have questioned what they meant by friends I didn't really even Think about that but anyway because my my idea of friendship is not really the same as other people's idea of friendship um and then the other thing is it's also related to friends where i had where i should have had the balls to say no um it's this idea that friends should never abandon each other a good friend a good person never abandons anyone in need like that's kind of like this belief and then I was talking to this girl last night, and she said, you know what, I kind of believe that when somebody's really messy and you hang out with them, you kind of get infected by their messiness, and it's okay for you to say no to that. And she was also saying, like, you need to have the self-respect to say that you can choose who to be around. And what does it say about how you feel about yourself? If you're around people who are kind of bad for you. Um, in my instance, it was not that my friend was directly bad for me. But she was really obsessed, or probably still is, 
we don't talk anymore. Um, obsessed with this guy who was just not good for her. In any shape or form. Um, she's actually very beautiful and she has a nice job and attractive, nice people ask her out. And it's almost like they don't exist to her. Like, she ignores them completely. But she's obsessed with this guy who is short, he's bald, he's like twice her age, he doesn't have a job, he makes her pay for everything, he hits her, he tells her to do things for him, like, as if it were self-understood. What is it in English? Um, like, taken for granted. Self-understood came from my brain of translating German into English. Um, selbstverständlich. Um, but anyway, so I was telling her, like, you know that this is not good for you, right? She's like, yeah, I know. And she would always promise that she would whatever. And uh, you know what? She didn't. Like, she didn't stop talking to him ever. And I knew that she wouldn't. I just had this feeling. And after a while, I'm just like, why am I even telling her? And it just kind of gotten, it got sad to watch. And I feel that in general, she surrounds herself with people kind of with the same personality. Um, kind of like self-entitled, like, you need to give me your time because I'm deserving of your time and attention and you being nice to me and I don't need to give you anything back. And um, she just gets into these cycles of like being around mean people. And then I started to feel bad about myself because I'm like, what does this say about me if she's friends with me? Because she's only friends with assholes. Um, okay, it's not this ego thing like I don't want to be an asshole, therefore I don't want to be friends with somebody who's only friends with assholes because that makes me an asshole. But I just found her kind of a drag, to be honest. We rarely actually hung out in person because we lived like long distance, like because um, I moved, but when we did hang out in person, she would kind of like zone out. And not in this like ADHD way, but like catatonic. No movement, just looking off into the distance. When you would speak to her, she can't hear you. And she's extremely stubborn too. Like if you tell her to get help or whatever, she won't do it. And it just got exhausting to be around somebody like that but I kind of felt bad because maybe it was my duty to try to help her I don't know I didn't really think so to be honest because I'm not one to want to change people I'm one to, to like try to point something out to you if I think you don't see it but if you see it and you're still doing it then I just assume that that's what you want to do so who am I to get in your way this is your thing to figure out. And it's annoying, honestly, to have a friend who um, is constantly telling you what you should do. I don't want to be that friend. I don't want to be the one to tell you, this is what you... No. I don't have the energy for that. Um, I hear from a couple of, like, introverted, low-energy people. I'm introverted, but I'm not low-energy. That they, they want to meet somebody who's extroverted, full of energy, pulls them out of their shell, gets them to do things, and I don't know any goddamn extroverts who has any goddamn interest in doing that. 
It's like I think extroverts like people who are already like hypey and on that level with them. I don't think that people are in the business of changing you and you shouldn't want somebody to come pull you out of your shell. That's something you got to do for yourself. Um, I think I just speak with this harsh tone about people <laughs> like this because I don't believe in asking people for help in that way. Um, I kind of want to go into that a little bit, but yeah, I think I'll continue um, with that. But let me finish this idea and then I'll probably just stop this so that I can make a new episode so that I can separate these ideas for you so that maybe if you want to listen to that one, you can jump straight to that one okay so the last thing i want to be different from um different from people <laughs> from uh, i don't know what to say but um the other way in which i want to be different unique or whatever is i want to have the balls to say i don't like things and i do have the balls to say i don't like things even if other people act like it's beyond reproach there's some things that if you don't like it you got to pretend like you like it at least that's what people think. Classical music, classical literature, really anything in the classics. Um, people feel that they're not able to critique that. And I think it's a little bit related to this having balls to say no in general kind of a thing. Like, you got to think for yourself. And when it comes to classical music, I will tell you that I grew up playing classical piano. And I didn't fucking like it at all. <laughs> and then... When I got older, I started to appreciate some things, and but I still didn't like some of the greats, like Bach um, or Mozart. Actually, I still really don't like Mozart very much. Um, no, I, I would say I don't really like Mozart that much, but Bach, I'm starting to get an appreciation for. But I don't think that I really felt that bad ever for saying that I didn't like them. I was just like, this is annoying. It just doesn't sound good to me and I don't get it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and then I think you can also get to this other side of it, like Glenn Gould, where he criticizes Mozart saying that he was actually kind of a bad composer at the end or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And, and then you're kind of like, oh shit, this like master is like, is talking shit about this other master. And he's like breaking it down for you for exactly why it's shit. And it's kind of, it's a little bit like cancel culture. It's a little bit like this whole, you know, Elon Musk just, just destroyed, just slaughtered this journalist for being an idiot. It's like, fuck, like this unforgiving, harsh tone in which we got to compete with each other for who's smarter. I mean, it's, it's again, this ego competition. Maybe this journalist was fucking annoying, but this title of the video is low grade. Slaughter. Slaughter is a serious word. Um, I think that when somebody like Glenn Gould criticizes Mozart, you almost think that this is just more of a sign of how much he knows about music i guess because he can tell you why right and i feel like to some degree i can kind of criticize classical music because i listen to it i play it and 
I can kind of say, you know, this is what I don't like about this composer, or at least this piece. And it can sound kind of intimidating, right? But I think the thing is, it's not supposed to be beyond reproach. It's your opinion, if you like it or not, despite all these analytical things. For me, I really like a piece that's very rich in playing with um, the voicings. Like, I want to have voices talking to each other, like melodies that are kind of responding to each other. And they, and this is the cool part, is like they're played by the same person and yet they sound like the lines are completely different. And the textures and the tones and the, they're just different. And at the same time, not only that, but you have this background like accompaniment, like maybe it's arpeggios. And that sounds like a completely different, like it's almost like having multi-personalities, like in, in one piece, in one person, being able to bring all of that out and kind of separating it, making it so distinct in your mind that you think that you're hearing almost like an orchestra. I like that. I also like when music is quite, um, lately, but it's not always been the case. I like music that's quite multi-layered, I guess. I mean, this is not just classical music, but I like it when there's a lot of different instruments. Um, and then, but in classical music, I like it when there's a lot of things going on at the same time. And that's just what I like. But saying that I like that doesn't mean that if you don't have those elements that you're shitty or something. I just think that when it comes to aesthetics, um, when it comes to artistic appreciation, you should have the right to say, I like this and I don't like that. And I think, I think that we shouldn't be uppity and we shouldn't say like, what I like is superior. I hate it when people act like their tastes are better than other people's tastes. It's not better or worse, it's just what you like. And you know what, sometimes taste has a lot to do with your social upbringing and things like that. And I think that's actually why people are ashamed, actually, to say that they don't like classical music because it shows that you weren't brought up with it. And if you weren't brought up with it, then, oh God, you must be poor. But that's not even true. Like, anybody can learn to appreciate classical music nowadays. It's, it's just like this remnant of this old belief, which was true back then, that um, this kind of music was associated with royalty, whereas common folk had a different type of music that they listened to because the musicians that had to train all the time, um, you know, they were expensive to keep. Um, and kings and queens would listen to that, this kind of stuff, but folk music, which requires, I guess, less technical, I don't know, but I don't know, maybe people feel that they want to be associated with those things. John Steinbeck said that whatever poor people do, I mean, whatever rich people do, poor people want to follow. And I think that we're still kind of in that era where, like, we still kind of think somehow that this music is just superior. When really, it was just the preferences of a couple people. Anyway, um, then when it comes to classical literature, I think we also got to think, who said that this was a classic? Actually, because people do say, this is a classic, this is good. And I have to say that I have read 
a, a bit of classical literature and I just don't it's not my thing and I'm actually kind of questioning maybe I just don't like fiction or like long fish fiction and maybe that's it but there's no shame in saying that at all I, I was recently reading Dickens and I it was like 550 pages in the version that I had and it got up to like 230 before I was just like fuck this I just want to know what happened because it was just dragging in the beginning I thought it was so humorous and then it just started to get purely serious and I just feel like with something this long if it's just purely serious I, I can't do it there's got to be a little bit of um, lightness to it to kind of balance um, and I mean I wouldn't say it's like grim or anything it's not like bleak but it was just like it was lacking this thing that I wanted that I wanted that maybe other people don't want you know and I also found that the message was valid but also like very fucking simple um I don't think that the message needed more than a children's book to explain that basically money doesn't it necessarily bring you happiness and that somebody who is beautiful and rich isn't necessarily the best person to fall in love with because they're not necessarily that nice um yeah like i think you can explain that in a children's tale and people will get the point and i didn't see why i needed to keep it so long but i thought that the plot was interesting um and it was like kind it kind of felt like a netflix show where it's like the chapters are kind of short actually and um there's always like a cliffhanger but in my mind i'm just like okay but what's the point and i know that like people who love fiction would just be like why does there have to be a point why can't you just enjoy it because i don't fucking enjoy feeling serious all the time i don't know if i sound serious but like i feel like my mood is actually on like the rather jovial side i don't know if that comes across as like a surprise but i feel like most days i feel pretty good and i like to feel pretty good and i find that classical literature just tend to be a little bit on the serious side without providing much depth to be honest um i think that like you could read philosophy and get way more deep and get like mind fucked which is actually fun rather than i don't know like getting all into these emotions i don't know my point just is you have the right to not like something you don't need to be ashamed of not liking something just because everybody else thinks that it's so great if you don't like citizen kane if you don't like tarantino if you don't like hitchcock you don't like them that's fucking valid maybe you don't like violence that's so valid you know um no one is beyond reproach no one is beyond criticism so even if everybody says this is just a great piece of work if it's not feeling that way to you then it's not feeling that way to you so that's something i don't feel that i struggle with actually um but you know some of the other things i mentioned in which i want to be unique and different 
because I just see that this is kind of like the pest of our society that's kind of making people less happy than they could be. Um, I do suffer from some of those, like the ego competition thing, like with money, I do feel kind of touchy about it, but I think I just really need to center myself on what matters to me. Like, I really think the answer to everything is philosophy. Like philosophy is about asking questions. And if you just ask yourself the right question, you kind of get yourself out of that loop. Like when you start to feel like this money thing is really upsetting. You just ask yourself like, why, what does that lead to? And when you really, really fully let that sink in, I think it's something that you cure for yourself once and for all this ego competition thing. I'm still working on that. Um, then needing others opinions. I feel like I sometimes need that to be honest. I feel like, um, I'm kind of, Like, I, I would like for people to affirm me and say this is good so that I just don't, I don't think that I'm just, like, making it up. But I think I just really need to, like, kind of create some distance to myself and judge myself really as I would another person. And I think that's a really cool skill to learn. Um, I'm still working on that. But yeah, these are the ways in which I want to be unique. And if, like I said, if I, if there was a society where everybody was like this, and like they didn't do those things and you know um then i wouldn't have a problem with being average i wouldn't want to be unique unless i thought that there was something wrong with the average if that makes any sense it's not about being different it's just about wanting to be happy and thinking that you know most people are not that miserable but they're they're not the happiest that they could be either <laughs> so um and then there's also all of these like temptations almost to try to make you feel shitty about yourself because they feed off of that um the cosmetic companies for example and then just realizing what matters to you and making choices for yourself rather than just being an easy victim that matters to me a lot so those are the ways in which i want to be different um, and I want to talk about some of my new thoughts about friendship. Um, and so if you want to listen to that, then listen to the next episode because I'm going to stop this one right here. Okay, I'll see you. Bye.